gonna take it for a W. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. It's a show specifically for you, Sacramento. Whitey, you got a new song out of this anyway. Hoops, I did it again. So that's right. Hello, no, nope, no, nope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be the wet blanket on everybody. It's Whitey and Watkins, and it starts. Hurry up! No, 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 no. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Brian, no, and Chris Watkins in with you here on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. What a loaded football Sunday it was. My goodness, I was in ball heaven. I was a pig in ball slop. <laughs> it was great. Beautiful. It was fantastic. It was uh, it was everything we've been waiting for, and uh, definitely some teams look like they're still kind of getting off the starting blocks a little slow, but uh, for the most part, I mean, when football's back, there's there's no complaints on my side. So I, I was I was right there with you. I'm, I'm thrilled that we're uh, back in the swing of things. Did you YouTube TV it? I did. I was just you explaining. Did. Yeah, it's kind of it was a little bit difficult because there's kind of like, you know, you can only subscribe to YouTube TV for Sunday ticket or you can have like an actual YouTube TV subscription. Right. And I kind of had a little bit of like one is like the the YouTube TV TV subscription is signed into my TV, but I couldn't log out of that in order to get it. It was kind of a process, so I had to do like laptop and TV watching. But right, you know, I, I got it done. There's uh, there's a lot bigger problems that that people have than than not being able to figure out their Sunday ticket YouTube TV problem. So you know, Nate, I've been working on it. I have diagnosed myself as a productive procrastinator. Okay, so what that means is if I have a task that I need to take care of, I'll put it off. I'll do other things. I'll be productive doing things that are not of primary importance. Right. So I'm still productive. It's just for whatever reason, I'm putting off the main thing. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I put off calling about YouTube TV. Oh, no. I put it off until right before kickoff. Oh, no. <laughs> like for subscribing or like, yeah. just, oh, my God. For Brian. subscribing because I'm like, Brian. I looked it up and I'm like, wait a minute. So I have to I have to buy the $72 per month thing. <laughs> yes. And then one of my friends was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You do this other thing where you don't. It's just the Sunday ticket by itself. Right. And I'm like, okay, he gave me a link. And so I meant to call earlier and I just kept putting it off. I was busy with other stuff. Right. Games are about to kick off. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's right. I got a call. I called, and it's this whole thing. I, can't I subscribed, and I'm like, hey, how do you do multi-view? Right. Because I've done direct TV on my computer for a number of years. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you have to have the $72 thing to do that. What? I'm like, what? Oh, see, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Because I didn't have multi-view either. I just assumed it was one of those things that maybe is only on the TV version, but not on the, the desktop version. Right. and. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah, so that 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 helps me out because I thought I was kind of tripping for a minute on, on right. the entire Sunday. But I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. I mean, that's I definitely that's, foresee on, a lot of issues with this YouTube TV. I mean, you know, any transition is going to be a little bumpy. But you know, even last year when games were put on Amazon Prime, it felt like everyone you know over the age of uh, I'll, I won't throw a specific over a certain age was definitely struggle like was was really struggling to be like where is the game and then having the What was the over under on that? Was that like 39 and a half? 
Yeah. Once you hit 40, you're like, wait, how do I do this? It's <laughs> definitely something, at least to where you have to have questions or, you know, you might not have to full-blown call somebody. That's probably over under 49 and a half. But, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a certain age you hit where it's just like, this is not my normal routine. And just because it's not my normal routine, I'm completely thrown out of whack. You know, I have a story for you a little bit later in the show. And I, I don't know what I was. I was maybe like 33 at the time. And I called a friend because I locked myself in what turned out to be an unlocked station van, oh, like a station man. vehicle. Right? Oh, I'm going to save that for yeah, you. I'm going to save that story for you for a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, YouTube TV, I was okay with it. it the fine. weird thing was when you're scrolling through, I like when you get to pick the four games of your choosing. Yeah. Right? Like you, you set it up, hey, I want – uh, Saints Titans in the left hand corner, whatever, right? right? Like, and and it doesn't give you that. You have to scroll through their own versions of their four packs. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's what like I heard, yeah. okay, that's a little different, but whatever, we'll roll with it. No glitching, no buffering. It's pretty smooth, but yeah. little bells and whistles different than the last time for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you, you know, with when Google's running the thing, you got to figure the the quality is going to be pretty decent. But you're right; like there was definitely yeah. some a little some bumps and bruises there that I think is naturally going to come. But uh, yeah, it was it's it's a strange setup, definitely. Like it just makes sense, like you're saying, to kind of pick the games naturally instead of having to yeah. go through. All because it is they literally have every single different combination of games you would want. Yeah. It's like I don't know if that's the most efficient or productive way of, of lining this up. Yeah, there's got to be a way for yeah. you to pick your multi-view, right. but whatever. Uh, there was no struggling out of the gate for the Niners. No, none My at all. My goodness, none at all. I mean, they they yeah they they plowed through every expectation that I think anybody realistically had. I mean, and Chris, you dominated. know me. I was sitting here. I was like, listen, <laughs> all these people talking about Brock Purdy like he's not the truth I was like you guys are off base no I highly skeptical of Brock Purdy was not convinced on last season's small sample size but I'll tell you he looked he looked really really good against the Steelers efficient yeah a couple of guys were wide open like Brandon Ayuk they didn't get the memo of covering number 11 I guess (laughs) I I don't know what that was about but there was a play it wasn't just Purdy throwing to open receivers, which he did a lot last yeah. year. One play where he made a play, Minka Fitzpatrick blitzed off the edge, and Purdy felt the pressure from his blind side, spun away from it, yeah. threw a nice pass to Debo, yeah. floating to his left, right? Like, that's Purdy making a play, so... I take my hat off to the guy. He played really, really well yesterday. Yeah, he played really well. I mean, you know, he he wasn't Patrick Mahomes out there, but he was everything that the 49ers need him to be or needed him to be on that day. And and that's really that's the story of Brock Purdy. Like he he's not, you know, he's not ever going to be talked about in the in the upper echelon of quarterbacks, but he's more than capable of leading this team to where they need to go and, you know, he's capable of making some plays. I mean, that scramble on third down was was incredible to to pretty much uh, you know, I mean, the game was over, but to really seal the game, it was, it was really, really impressive. Uh, just how well he played. The touchdown to Ayuk was was a just a, an, a beautiful 
pitch and catch from from both of them. But he he was he was exactly what they needed him to be in week one, and that was frankly a question. I mean, yeah, you know, he he didn't have uh, a perfect training camp where he was able to to be at full strength and and practice as much as he needed to during the off season. He he had to deal with the injury rehab, and even when he was in training camp, was kind of on a pitch clock, and and so there was questions, and and you know, Steelers had all the momentum heading into that game. You know, they had a great preseason. The 49ers had just come off a really turbulent offseason, and you wouldn't have known after after that ball got snapped for the first time because you're right, like the Niners were were on their head from, from the first snap on. Some of the talk is ridiculous, though. Like, that's the thing with Purdy. He played really well, yeah. but you'll see these headlines, silencing the doubters. Saw that, yeah. Silencing the haters. I'm like, guys, it's week one, man. He threw for over 200 yards. Like, right. what are we doing? Yeah. I get it with the the UCL and the elbow surgery, and I think it was Tim Hasselbeck was talking about having a teammate that had a similar surgery, mm-hmm. and he never threw the ball the same way. It didn't look the same way anymore, that type of thing. So, yeah, listen, there was some doubt in terms of what's he going to look like post-surgery. That's fine. But in terms of, like, silencing the haters, <laughs> and it's a, it's week one, man, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't know what it is where there was this incredibly low bar in terms of Purdy expectations because he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick of the draft. And he pole vaulted over those expectations last season. And it's just swung the other way where it's like there are these, like, Purdy – I don't know, ride or die believers. And it, it's turned into, it's crazy right now. Yeah. But we'll, we'll dive into more of a Purdy Palooza, as I call yeah. it here. The fascination with Brock Purdy. Also, the Raiders getting a week one win. How about the Raiders alone in first place in the <laughs> AFC West? That is beautiful. Welcome to the NFL in 2023. Some other crazy things that happened yesterday. Some of the bigger surprises. We'll get into that next. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. Keep it locked right here on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Nice. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. Here on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Man, we had some surprises yesterday, Nate. We had the uh, Giants losing 40 to nothing <laughs> to the Cowboys last night. Bit of a shocker. Did not expect that. There was a great stat. I'll have to try to dig it up for you. Divisional home dogs. And they had a great record and all this stuff in week one. And that didn't work out. For the Giants last night, that was beatdown city. I did not at all see that happening, but man, nothing went right for the Giants last night. No, I mean, it was, it was a, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of similar to the 49ers. I mean, it was worse than the 49ers game in, in terms of the outcome, but it, it had a similar vibe to where it was over before it even really got started. And then when the Giants missed that that field goal heading into halftime, I mean, that was even just that was like they're just can we get some points? Can we get any points? We know it's going to make a dent in this. I think it was 26 nothing lead. They were just can we please at least get 26 to three? And then they shanked it left. And I was like, uh, it was one of those where it's just like this is this is just not going to happen for them today. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it's funny, too, because the first drive of the game was pretty good. Mm hmm. 
Daniel Jones had a couple of nice runs. Yep. Saquon got involved. It's like, okay, settle for a field goal. It's all right. <laughs> Blocked for a touchdown, right. oh. and the route was on. It was like, what just happened? Yeah. That was wild, man. Incredible. How about the Raiders also? Raiders get a week one win. They're the only team in the AFC West to win. They're alone in first place after week one. Best team in the West. That's 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 just a fact. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the Raiders really were impressive. I mean, I, I really expected nothing from the Raiders this year. And, you know, the Broncos with, with Sean Payton, you expected them to have a little bit more juice. And, uh, you know, even Russell Wilson, who had a, some flashes, some real flashes in the, in the preseason, I was expecting big things from them. I and, mean, you know, I thought the Raiders were pretty much going to get boat raced the entire game. And, you know, Jimmy G just kind of proved to be who Jimmy G is. He he was he was a game manager, but when his team needed a big play, he he was more than ready to make it. Like I was I was really surprised at just the the poise in which uh he had in that moment. And I think the Raiders in total, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say the Raiders seriously have a chance to win the West, but I, I think they they impressed me with their play uh yesterday. I think they're better than what the common thought of them was heading yeah. into the season. That's where I'm at with the Raiders. Does that mean, mean they're going to win, you know, the AFC West? No. Does right. that mean they're going to win double-digit games? No. I just think they're better. There are some people talking about, hey, maybe they're going to be in line for the number one overall pick. Nah. And I just didn't think they were that bad. You never know. Jimmy G's health is the sure. wild card. How many games can he play? That sort of thing. But Jimmy G is a serviceable starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. And throwing to Devontae Adams? Right. And Jacoby Myers had a couple of yeah, touchdown grabs. Yeah. It's not like the cupboard is bare and he has yeah. nobody around him. That's not the case. Right, yeah. I mean, when you watch all the games yesterday, Jimmy G's – I mean, he's around league average for quarterback, but there were so many other quarterbacks out there that I was watching and I was like, I mean – Jimmy G's better than this, you know, Desmond Ritter. It's, you know, of course all the rookies are, are going to struggle, but there were so many guys or so many teams out there where I was like, you know, even New Orleans, Tennessee, both of those teams. It's like, I, I feel like you could have brought in Jimmy G and it would have been a better option than, than what you had. And I, I think that kind of got overlooked for the Raiders. I think a lot of bad PR came Jimmy's way for his 49ers stint, but I mean, the guy was has, has been a winner pretty much everywhere he's gone, and I think, you know, just just that level of competence is something that, you know, I think will do well for the Raiders this year. Like you said, I don't think they're going to win double digits, but I, I could see them hovering around 500 all year and being one of those pesky teams that's just, you know, you just never know uh, if, if they can upset you on a given week. Man, and how about the Broncos? So Sean Payton's first game as the Broncos head coach, he goes surprise onside. <laughs> first play. First play of the game. Surprise onside kick. Yeah. And they recovered it. I know. But uh, they didn't get the ball because yeah. there was an illegal touching. Yeah. They touched it before it went 10 yards. At like nine and a half yards. Yeah. So immediately the Raiders have the football. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right out of the In gate. In scoring position. And it's the Broncos are just weird. Russell Wilson yeah. is weird now. Who I love as a quarterback. I still can't believe he struggled as badly as he did last year. Yeah. But he throws a couple of touchdown passes in the first half. And you're thinking, okay, Sean Payton, Russ looks more like Russ. Broncos offense, all right. And they kicked a field goal in the second half. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. They're just weird. Yeah, very strange. I mean, I, I, and I don't know if how it gets better. Like, I, I think – 
I, I was I've just been disappointed by their playmakers. Like I, I you know, Jerry Judy was supposed to be a, a receiver for that. You know, Jerry Judy's hurt right now, but he, he's supposed to be uh, somebody who's going to be their kind of explosive playmaker. But I, I just don't see it for the Broncos. Javante Williams coming off of that, just a, a torn apart knee. I don't know unless Russell Wilson elevates his play. Like I, I don't know how necessarily this team gets better. I was really surprised. I thought they were going to come out, like I said earlier, like a lot more competent. I thought a lot more energy with Sean Payton, but they looked really unimpressive. And granted, it's still week one. And, you know, all these teams, I'm not going to make any, you know, grand judgment over them for their week one performance. But it was just it was a little concerning. I I thought I definitely expected more out of Denver. and, And, you know, that's exactly, you know, when you're going against the Raiders at home, that's kind of a, a really good opening game to to really establish things, and and they've gotten off on the wrong foot. And uh, Sean Payton better watch out because he did a lot of talking during this training camp, and if they're not good, he's going to have to be the one who answers for it. Man, you know what's interesting to me too is, and this is it's a flaw in my game, and you just said something that made me realize this where. <laughs> I spend a lot of time talking about a guy like Jimmy G or quarterbacks yeah. who aren't, as I say, 17 guys. Right now that we're playing 17 games, years from now, mm. if you go on Pro Football Reference, whatever website you choose, and you just look at games played per year, and it's just like clockwork, 17, 17, 17, 17. The upper echelon guys, they're in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Like the top guys do that. It's rare when Mahomes is out. It was rare when Tom Brady was out so forth and so on. But if you look at guys like Jimmy G is banged up quite a bit. Yeah. To a of Iloa, who was magnificent Incredible. yesterday. He's banged up quite a bit. And so I tend to look at quarterbacks, not solely, but heavily. Yeah. But you mentioned a guy like Jerry Judy of the Broncos, who has shown flashes. Yeah. He's been productive to a point, and you're waiting for him to break out. And he keeps getting nicked up. And to not be a 17 guy as a receiver, as a left tackle, it, that can put so much stress on your team if he's supposed to be a prominent player and he just can't get right health-wise. And so you think as the trickle-down effect to Russell Wilson, who's trying to find, you know, he's trying to find the tracks, right, <laughs> right if you will. <laughs> he's trying to find that and to not have Jerry Judy, who's, consistently healthy that puts a lot of stress on the overall offense especially Russ yeah absolutely and I mean they they were dealing with other receiver issues I believe Tim Patrick went down in the in the training camp and he's going to be out for the season he was a really big third receiver for them and you know they're they're really relying a lot on Cortland Sutton right now who is a fine number two receiver but he's not really in that caliber of oh he could be a one on on a lot of other teams like he's definitely a number two receiver and you know when Russell Wilson is kind of going through what he is as a as a quarterback right now where you know he's not really finding the the explosiveness or uh or just the excitement that he used to bring at the quarterback position they need somebody they need a playmaker and again I I look at the roster and Javante Williams has that potential, but again, coming off of injury, I'm not sure. Samaji P. Ryan, someone who's supposed to be big for them, he's a, a gadget player at best. Like he, he's okay. I just, you know, I, I also look at quarterbacks as well. But you know, you have to look at the talent they have, and I, I don't know where the the safety blanket really is for Russell Wilson, and that's something that to extend to other teams. Like it's it's what's so concerning about the Chiefs right now, especially without Travis Kelsey is. 
every quarterback needs to have somebody that they just when 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 it hits the fan, you know, mm-hmm. they have to go to. It's their safety blanket, and and no quarterback can really succeed uh, for 17 games if they don't have that guy that they can just rely on and dump it down to. All right, coming up next, there was a lot of hype for this guy heading into the season, and Chris, he did not live up to it in week one. Uh-oh. Did not Uh-oh. live up to it. I think it. I know who it is. <laughs> we'll see if you got it right. That's on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. It's Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Welcome back to Sacktown Sports. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. So uh, you got a guess over here, Chris? There is a man. There are a lot of men in the NFL, hyped up a lot in the offseason. One in particular that did not live up to the hype. See, my guess was the guy who just got paid, Joe Burrow, who, mm. if I'm not mistaken, had under 100 yards passing You're right. yesterday. He did. That was my assumption. That is... That would be more correct than the guy I'm thinking of. <laughs> All right. But, but this guy, um, we know Joe Burrow is legit. Yes. We know Joe Burrow is – most people have him as the second best quarterback in mm-hmm. the NFL, at least top five. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you're, you're just you're either just trolling yeah. or trying to go hot take or whatever, right? Like, So we know that he's right. legit. There's a guy who's been hyped up that we don't know for sure he's legit yet. That is Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. Yeah. He got a lot of hype in the offseason. Mm-hmm. A lot of hype. And I think, Chris, I think it was fueled because the Steelers closed strong. Mm-hmm. They won a handful of games. They got to a winning record. There was a point where it didn't look like there was hardly any chance they were going to have a winning record. And they did. They closed strong. So there was a lot of hype. Like, hey, man, look out for Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett could really turn the corner here this year. Yada, 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 yada. He was bad. And I know that's the Niners' defense. Sure. And I know they don't make life easy at all. But there were some decisions that he made and some throws he made that were just awful, man. He had a rough game. And I'm not writing him off after week one. I'm just saying I didn't jump on the hype train as far as the Kenny Pickett Express in uh, 2023 myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't buying at least a little bit into it. I, I was not going full Kenny Pickett career transformation, even though it's only been one year. But um, I, I wasn't believing that. But I thought he would be an okay to to good quarterback this year. And I mean, la- I mean, yesterday he he did not look any piece of what he looked like during the preseason. Like he was his preseason tape was. Joe Montana-esque, Tom Brady, like all the greats that you can throw out there, that's what Kenny Pickett looked like in the preseason. Uh, And it just seemed like none of that mattered. He was just missing receivers. He, you know, he had two interceptions, should have had three. Fred Warner just really dropped one inexplicably. Like he should have been picked off more times than he was. And it just didn't seem like at any point that Steelers offense in total was ever going to get going. Like they really had no momentum. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, 
look like a, an offense that was completely stuck in the mud. It was a complete opposite of what the 49ers offense looked like. It almost looked like, you know, this is a, a new, you know, it's like uh, the, the new world tech is like the San Francisco Niners offense. And then, you know, they're like beating rocks together with, with the Steelers offense. Well, and listen, Kenny Pickett's offensive line didn't do him any favors. We know about Nick Bosa, who was on a bit bit of a pitch count. Yeah, a little bit. A little over 30 snaps, roughly, yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. But, uh, look, Drake Jackson had Man. three sacks. Yep. <laughs> it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Right. And also, I don't know that the stats would jump out at you, but Cleland Furl, who's a former fourth overall pick, yep. who was a total bust with the Raiders. But I'm wondering if the Niners can unlock the best out of him. Because you mentioned Fred Warner dropping that interception. The pressure was from Furl. He beat his guy and was right in Pickett's face, and Pickett rushed his throw, and that that was a, a terrible throw by him. But give Furl some credit yeah. for putting the heat on him. I'm not telling you opposite Nick Bosa, he's going to rack up double-digit sacks. But as a fourth overall pick, we know he's got ability. It's mm -hmm. like, can the Niners unlock that? Because... There are players around the NFL, they sometimes are much different versions of themselves depending on where they're at. Yes. And look, he's opposite Max Crosby with the Raiders. Right. So I don't want to make it sound like let's just give him a complete bailout. I'm not expecting Lawrence Taylor. I'm just wondering if you're going to see a lot more production from Furl with the Niners than you did with the Raiders. I would almost guarantee it. I mean, the fact that Drake Jackson had three sacks, absolutely great day for Drake Jackson, but how much of that is because – all the attention is on everybody else. I mean, you have to consider Hargrave, who also got to the quarterback one time yesterday. Eric Armstead was was you know pushing that line the entire day, and Nick Bosa did have you know a pretty quiet day, but you know he is going to get a a huge amount of attention as well. You know, I I think when you have a line that's stacked like that, you're going to get a lot of single coverage on that other side, and Drake Jackson took advantage of it, and I think. To your point, like I think that this is an incredible situation for Cleveland Farrell to be in. Like you're when you have all of those other guys taking all the attention, taking all the double teams, you're gonna have a, a good chance of getting some pressure to the quarterback just about every play. Like I don't think the 49ers really, you know, I know Steve Wilkes is known for blitzing, but it didn't seem like they were throwing any crazy blitz packages out there, really doing anything too difficult. It was just mainly the pressure from from their front defensive linemen. And, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, Drake Jackson got three sacks today, but there's no reason why it can't be Clee Farrell next week. And and I, I, I think that this 49ers D-line is kind of where – where the their power lies like if they can get pressure routinely every single week I I don't see how this 49ers defense slows down anytime soon man I'll tell you what I love watching Fred Warner play football yeah that dude he's all over it was I think in the first quarter it was just a running play with Najee Harris mm -hmm. basically up the middle and Fred Warner read it shot his gun and was a human missile. Yeah. And met that dude in the hole. It's like, wow, he's just different. Yeah. I've loved watching Fred Warner mm -hmm. ever since he stepped foot in the NFL. But that guy, I'll tell you what, I had a flashback to, I was a kid, and I went to a Notre Dame football practice, and they had this guy, Ricky Waters, throwback. Played for the yeah. Niners for a long time ago. What had I think he had three 
uh, touchdowns in the Super Bowl against the Chargers with Steve Young throwing the six touchdown passes. Yep. But Ricky Waters, they, in college, they had this little drill. They had these old school bags that they'd put on the side. And you'd have, I don't know, maybe about two or three yards to work with. And Ricky Waters would just, he was moves upon moves. It was just him and a defensive guy and the running backs trying to get around right. the guy in this short space. These guys, I'm telling you, Chris, they couldn't touch him. And I'm like, I think Fred Warner could have brought him down. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Warner, yeah. that guy, he really is, yeah. man. And it's a little bit like baseball, too. They always say the hardest thing is to get the barrel on the ball. Right. Like to really barrel a ball is really difficult. You think about the moves and the speed mm -hmm. that these ball carriers in the NFL have. And Fred Warner, it is the NFL version, the equivalent of putting the barrel on the baseball when he's making a hit like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he's he's mainly known for pass coverage as well, and that's that's just another element of his game in which he really shines. Again, like he should have had an interception yesterday. He, the way he, he's able to cover these guys, to your point, like with the speed and all the moves that they can throw at him, to have the athleticism to, to still stay in front of them but be a big enough physical presence to, like you're mentioning, really play the run game at an elite level as well is is special. And, I mean, that's that's he's just another one of the 49ers' special weapons that they have. But, you know, when you look at what makes this 49ers team as incredible as they are, it's, it's guys like – like uh, Fred Warner, like Nick Bosa, and like Trent Williams, that just put this team to a to a level that's just not at anybody else's, really. Man, okay, so coming up next, our guy Nate, producer Nate, yeah. said something about a player, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, Nate. <laughs> What'd you say, Nate? I, it wasn't I, that crazy. <laughs> that sounds really crazy. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. It That's a good team. kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll compare notes. I'm curious what you think about okay. Nate's stance okay. on huh? this mystery player. Okay. And Nate can defend himself, <laughs> you know? We'll get to that coming up. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins at Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. your desk on your phone in the car whitey and watkins on sacktown sports it is sacktown sports i'm brian no he's chris watkins so our producer nate he literally he just uh he started to uh how could i say this say positive things very positive things about a certain quarterback and he got into like three seconds and I'm like, Nate, really? <laughs> I didn't think it was this bad. It it wasn't crazy, but <laughs> let everybody know where you stand on uh, Packers quarterback Jordan Love. Ah. Well, here's we're what, all on the same page. Here's what I said. Well, so I, I was asking you about where you're from and uh, said Illinois, right? And uh, No, no. You're no, no. Not. You're in <laughs> Illinois. You're from Indiana. There you go. Off yeah, to a good yeah. start. So yeah. bad start already. So this story might be an entire lie at this point. <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh, so you're not a Bears fan then. And you said no. And I was like, well, that's that's probably good because Jordan Love kind of looked like, or he, I won't say kind of, because I said he looked like Brett Favre out there. <laughs> and I right. don't like Brett Favre. I'm anti-Brett Favre, sure. 100%. Sure. But I'm thinking of the play specifically where he got the snap, 
The ball hit the ground, almost like he had to touch it to the grass before he could throw it, and then he threw a touchdown. That was Brett Favre. That was a Brett Favre play. Okay. Yeah. See, that's fair. The play itself, that's fair. Yeah. I just heard. Yeah, shades of Favre. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) But you're right. That exact play, fine. Mm -hmm. If the overall performance, man, a lot of wide open dudes. Yeah. A lot of wide open guys. I, I walked away. I don't know how you felt, Chris. I walked away, and this is not to be a hater. I walked away not saying, man, Jordan Love. Wow, impressive. I walked away saying, woof, Bears defense. Bears suck. Wow, they are bad. <laughs> They're bad. They're just a bad team in total. And, you know, that was that was really the thing I, I took from it most is just I agree with you. The Bears are really, really bad. And, uh, not, and you know – I'm just kind of on the middle with Jordan Love right now. Like, I I don't think many people have big expectations for him. I kind of think he's just going to be okay, and uh, I I don't I don't really expect anything much more than that. And I don't think that game yesterday is really an indicator of of what his his season long performance will be. Like, the Bears again are are I think one of the worst teams in the NFL, maybe tied with the Cardinals for the worst. I I just don't like the talent that they have on that roster. I'm not a big DJ Moore guy. I don't think he's really uh, a big game changer for them. Um, I, I yeah, you know Jordan Love played good. He he's been waiting for this moment, Lord knows how long. Uh, so you know it was good to see him not not play terribly again we saw some really bad quarterback performances yesterday and he wasn't one of them but you know I I expect about league average play from Jordan Love and he was he I would say he was slightly above league average yesterday but considering the opponent I'm not going to draw any major conclusions yeah listen I hear you I think Jordan Love this season is probably going to be below average Mm -hmm. I agree that he had an above average day it was just – it was too easy. I think sometimes sure. stats lie. Sure. And one of those big gains was a screen pass yeah. to Aaron Jones. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, exactly. Another big gain was a little Texas route to Aaron Jones, and the linebacker is yep. not even close to covering him. And listen, give Jordan Love some credit because that's what he's supposed to do. He's right. supposed to throw to the wide-open guy. But it would be like the equivalent of, I don't know, in college football, Alabama beating UTEP. <laughs> You're not going to get a ton of roses for doing right. something like that. Like, that's NFL quarterbacking 101 right. is hitting the wide-open guy. That doesn't mean that you're in advanced calculus <laughs> and that's the stage you're at, right? Like, yeah. I just have to see more than that. Totally. And I think 83 career passes heading into this season, I think he's going to have his struggles at some point as a young guy throwing to all young guys. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing, though, is they didn't have Christian Watson, and in that since you know again we were just talking about Russell Wilson uh struggling to produce when he doesn't have a guy like Jerry Judy out there but you know kind of same with Jordan Love again this is his first you know big first time start starting week one of the NFL season you know without having your main target it's not the easiest thing he was definitely like you're saying like he was definitely the the beneficiary of some good Aaron Jones uh catch and runs but he, he didn't flop completely, and I think that's, right. again, I think that it's it's kind of baby steps, but that's a major win for Jordan Love. The fact that he didn't look like, you know, like Trey Lance would probably would have looked if he would have been thrown out there in week one. Like, he, he showed signs of actual maturity as a quarterback, and I, I think it's a positive sign, but, 
you know, I'm, I trust me, I don't want to wax poetic about any yeah. Packers quarterback, but uh, I, I think it was it was a positive performance from him. But again, I'm not going to make any any big proclamations off of beating the Bears. I swear, the NFL almost listens to strong stances. And, like, swings the other way, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, as soon as I'm hitting the table for, I think Jordan Love is going to have his struggles this season, you immediately start thinking, oh, wait, look at the rest of the defenses in that division. Yeah. Last Terrible. year, Lions, trash. Terrible. Bears, trash. Terrible. Sorry, your Vikings, Trust trash. me. Trust me. <laughs> Horrible. 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 Yeah. And so you start thinking – could the Lions be better with Dan Campbell and, you know, upgrading the talent in another year? Sure. Sure. Could, could the Vikings be better uh, now that they get Brian Flores? Yeah. And it may, yeah, maybe. May, they could be better. But those three defenses mm-hmm. were in the basement. They were at the bottom of the NFL. And so the Packers, they got six games against those defenses. Great point. And the rest of the NFC is not a gauntlet. So even though I think – as a first-year starter, Jordan Love is going to have his struggles. You look at that NFC and yeah. look closer at those divisional opponents, and you're like, bro, it's possible that, like you said, not only week one is he above average as a quarterback, he could be that guy throughout the season. It's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point to point at all those defenses because they are they are all terrible. I'm still not buying into the Lions again. I, I think the Chiefs probably would have won that game easily if Travis Kelsey plays or if Kadarius Tony just, you know, remembers how to play wide receiver and doesn't yeah. drop easy catches. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that division is going to be pretty much completely up for grabs. I'm not a big believer in the Lions, and I, I think that, again, it would just take some, some average play from Jordan Love for them to be – in contention in that division and you're right the nfc is pretty top heavy it seems like the the top three of that of that conference has definitely made themselves known with the eagles the the cowboys and the 49ers but besides that like the the upper to middle class of the nfc is is wide open and there's no reason why whether it be yeah the it could realistically be any of the vikings the packers or the lions but there's no reason why uh, any of those teams shouldn't be able to 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 kind of run with the division. I think it's crazy that sometimes our predictions for this season are fueled too much yeah. by the results of last season. Yeah. Cause there were multiple taps on the shoulder, like, Hey, reminder, new year. <laughs> right. Right. Think of the Rams, Rams and Seahawks. Great yeah, example. Great example. Right. Rams won five games last season mm-hmm. as defending Super Bowl champions. And so heading into this year, almost everybody I'm out. I'm out on the Rams. The Seahawks, they were the surprise team. They mm-hmm. were the darlings of last season. Geno Smith spent six-plus seasons since he was a starting quarterback, and he was fantastic last yep. season. A lot of Seahawks love. A lot of people saying, hey, maybe the Seahawks overtake the 49ers yeah. in the NFC West. Yep. And there's that tap on the shoulder like, hey, by the way, <laughs> Rams are a little bit healthier. Uh, they didn't have Cooper Cup, but – New season. It's 2023, right. not 22 anymore. And you have to almost recalibrate and reprogram yourself of like, oh, this team is good. We're one weekend. Yeah. This is a little early, but oh, this team is good. Oh, this team is not as good as they were. I think you got to get away, detach yourself a little more than feels comfortable from 2022 because 2023 is a brand new season, man. Yeah, I think that that's a, a 
a thing that happens every single year, like you're saying. I, I think it's <clears throat> I think a lot of the time we we just we forget that there's so much turnover in the NFL that yeah, teams are completely different year over year over year and people regress, people get significantly better over the offseason. And I think that that yeah that that Rams example is perfect. Like the Seattle really snuck up on just about everybody last year. This year they're going to be playing a, a, a tougher schedule. People aren't going to be surprised by them. And frankly, Seattle kind of limped into the playoffs last year. Like they they really started off hot and then cooled down as the season went on. I think there's tons of reason to believe that. Yeah, I, I'm frankly just not that big of a believer in the Seahawks. I kind of felt like it was a lot of fool's gold and again they snuck up on a lot of people and I'm I was shocked at how much people how much people were down on the Rams this year like they Sean McVay's track record really speaks for itself if you just look at his record as a head coach last year is the anomaly last year is the only season in which the Rams didn't play well under Sean McVay and you don't have to look further than the injuries to figure out why they have a ton of rookies that they're playing this year but you know, with as long as Matt Stafford's going to be healthy and we'll see if Cooper Cup even plays this season, I think they'll at least be able to keep their heads above water and be near a 500 team at, at worst. Man, isn't that crazy with Cooper Cup? It's nuts. Because are there whispers about he might not go this year? Because yeah. it, it's gotten progressively worse mm-hmm. so fast. Yeah, it, it was just this last week where we're like, hey, uh, Cooper Cup had a, a setback with his hamstring. That's right. what Sean McVay said. And the next thing, I see a specialist. The next thing, he's on IR. He's going to miss the first four games. Yeah. And it could be worse than that, potentially. Like I haven't heard that, but it's more just a, you know, that was also when people were thinking the Rams weren't going to be very good and it was yeah. going to be a, oh, maybe, you know, they'll just full lean in to, to tank for Caleb Williams and, you know, why why play Matt Stafford and all that stuff and why play Cooper Cup if, if there's not much hope for this year. But – I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, Cooper Cup, we can't forget, like when he played two seasons ago, had maybe the best season we've ever seen from a wide receiver. Uh, it, it's a huge blow for the Rams, but it, all I want to see is him on the field. Like I, I really hate when some of the stars in, in the league just aren't suiting up. It's just bad for, you know, even Travis Kelsey. It's just not good for the product when those guys aren't out there. I couldn't believe it. Cooper Cup's numbers from last year. Yeah. Because I hardly remember him playing at all. Right. It was a very disappointing season. And it's like, oh, he played nine games. He played half the season. It's wow. like, okay, well, what did he really do, though, numbers-wise? 75 <laughs> catches yeah. for 8-12 and six touchdowns. In pretty much half a season. He had 75 <laughs> catches for over That's 800 absurd. yards in That's nine absurd. games. And I don't know when he got hurt in the ninth game. Might have been early in that game. I'd have to go back and look. But, yeah, they need that guy. Yes. But uh, that's that's an alarming loss for the Seahawks to get worked by 17 at home Mm -hmm. with no Cooper Cup. That's that's pretty wild right there. It's really tough. It's really tough, especially like you said up top. Like there there's a lot of people who were expecting them to to be a dark horse for the NFC West. Yeah. Uh on Friday I was reading an athletic article where they power ranked uh, all the teams in the NFC and one NFL exec had the the Seahawks as their number 2 team in the NFC. Like there was so much hype around the Seattle team and you know, we'll we'll see maybe once they can get Jackson Smith and Jigba more involved yeah. and, you know, who, who knows as the season progress. But 
I mean, it just looked like it looked like Geno's season last year was just a complete farce, and it, it was it was just not a good showing. And it's it's week one, <laughs> trying not to overreact, but man, it's it still should should raise some alarm bells for sure. How about Geno? And the mic'd up footage with Aaron Donald rushing oh, yeah. him. And he, oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. I don't, that was the most real thing I've heard all weekend. Because if Aaron Donald's barreling down on you and it's just you, you think you have an open lane and then Aaron Donald just fills it like a train coming at you, I get that. I'm surprised it wasn't hey. explicitly uh, yeah. laced with, with curses all over. I can understand yeah, that, nah. too, but, man, not a great look. That's just right under Sam Darnold. I'm seeing ghosts out there. It's like, very not what you same hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, not what that, you want to hear. Yeah. Um, maybe the only thing that went wrong for the Niners that bears watching going forward. We'll discuss that coming up. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Watkins. It's Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com.